Hello and welcome to I Have a Story to Tell, Episode 2. Today we have the privilege and the honor of being joined by Mrs. Janet Dure. She is a mom, she is a wife, she is a pharmacist, she is everything to everybody. Um, and I'm so excited to get stuck in to hear her story and how she became who she is today and what her hopes are for the future. Welcome, Mrs. Janet Dure. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Wazana. So, Mrs. Dewey, can I call you Mrs. Dewey? Yes, you can. All right. Where were you born? Take us back to when you were born. Where were you born? Just tell us where were you born? How many of you were in the family? What sort of setting did you have growing up? I was born in Mutare, Mutare General Hospital in the Manikale province. Okay. Um, my mom had gone there for a church conference. Right. Um, it was towards the days that she was due to deliver me. Mm-hmm. That's why I was there. Uh, me in Mutare. But we come from Mashingo province. Okay. Chivi, mm-hmm. rural areas. So I was really supposed to be born in Chivi, but because of because my mom had gone for a church conference in Mutare, I ended up being born in Mutare General Hospital. Okay. Okay. So the Mutare and Masingo, those are quite uh, miles and kilometers apart. So that, that's quite interesting. So after you were born, how long did it take you to go back to, 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 to your home? Maybe a week. Okay. I mean, we stayed that, I'm not sure, but I think we stayed there in, in China for a week. Mm-hmm. We went back to which is about 600 kilometers away. Mutara is about 600 kilometers away from um, the Chibi rural areas where we come from. Right, right. So tell me a bit more about your family setup. So how was your family setup? You mentioned you come from a rural area. So tell me more about that. How was your family setup? Um, my dad was a polygamist. He had four. He had four wives. Right. And my mother was wife number three. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's all I can tell you. Okay. My my my. The first wife had three children. All right. The second wife, two children. My mom had me, one child. Okay. Then my aunt, the last, the fourth wife, had six children. Wow. So you come from a very big family. So tell me a bit more about growing up. What sort of chores did you have to do? Because coming from a big family, there's obviously a lot of work that needs to be done. What sort of things did you have to get busy with as a family? We never felt that we were coming from, we were in a big family setup. Most, okay. most families, most family with uh, those numbers of kids so it okay. was normal for us to have to be 10 in the family okay and uh, the chores that we used to do as girls was to uh fetch firewood water uh do dishes prepare meals and go to the fields but wow. at the same time my dad was a businessman he okay. had a shop which was he had a uh, he had a shop he was running at the business center, which is close to the homestead. 
Okay. So most of the times we'd spend the time there at the shop serving customers. Right. Or helping in the grinding mill. Okay, all right. So you from a very young age were exposed to how a business runs, how a business functions. Um, and I think that's going to later on uh, in our conversation to say to those businesses help you as you opened your own business. But before we get to that, I just want to ask you, how was school? What was school like for you? Primary, secondary, university? What school did the phase of going through school and education like for you? School was exciting. Okay. Uh, my primary school, we, we, we went, I went to a school which is close to in the village, but about uh, five, four to five kilometers away from our homestead. Okay. So we used to ride there every morning and back. But I did, um, um, I was there for about uh, five years. Okay. Then my dad sent me to a mission school, boarding school in Gutu area. Okay. Because he, he felt uh, we're not going to go far if we stayed in the village, going to school in the village. Right. He wanted all his children to be exposed to the things that were happening in the world. He said, uh, if you stay here, your thinking, your plans are going to be limited wow. to what you see here in the village. And you would think that the world is just what you are seeing now. And there's much more out there wow. which you can learn. So I went to a boarding school, a mission school called Bukaro Mission for my grade uh, five and uh, from grade six and seven. From wow. there, I went to to Mukaro Secondary School, which was a school just uh, Mukaro Secondary School yes. for my Form 1 to Form 4. Hmm. I was an excellent student. I, I was, I was a, I mean, an A student. Wow. From there, I went to Teguani for my lower sixth and my upper sixth. Wow. I enjoyed my school days. I really enjoyed them. What exactly did you enjoy about school? And I just want to go back to, to what your father said to you to say he, want, he wanted you to see the world. What did you see as, what did, what did going to a mission school expose you to that you never saw while you were in the rural schools? What was the first, if you can think back to that time, what was the first thing that woke you up and said, wow, is this what the world has to offer me? You know, when I go to Mukaro Mission, I saw that there were kids from uh, different places of sure. Zimbabwe, yeah. Rhodesia then. Some were coming from Arare, from all over, because oh. from all over Zimbabwe. And uh, I had to interact with other kids who were not Karanga. Wow. Who were Zezuru, Manika, or who have a different dialect to, uh, who were Karanga, but speaking Karanga with a different dialect. Wow. the dialect that we speak in 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 Chile. wow so it was, uh, and also that was my first time to go to 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 interact with the uh, catholics in the rural areas of the school that i used to go to mm. was uh, run by missionaries of the which were called dutch reformed church 
Okay. So the way they prayed and the way they did their services was totally different wow. from what uh, well, I saw at uh, at Mukaro Mission. Sure. Wow. But you mentioned that you enjoyed, you mentioned that you enjoyed your schooling. What what was the number one thing that you enjoyed about school? It was good. That I mean, when you when you when you are doing well in school, you enjoy it. Mm. There was mm. no subject that was hard for me. Sure. Wow. Many friends, good friends, but not many friends. Okay. A few friends that I had, I enjoyed their company. And wow. I enjoyed learning new things. Wow. I was in and I really, really enjoyed my school days. Wow. Wow. So what then led you to choose pharmacy as 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 as, as a career of choice? Um I, I really wanted to do medicine. Okay. And also I was very good in science, science subjects. Okay. I really wanted to do medicine. But because um my dad was quite uh, he was advanced in age and he was um suffering from diabetes he was not well diabetes and high blood pressure and you could see that uh, it was really not uh, going to make it until it was not going to 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 be there for long you could tell mm. he wasn't well mm. it was during the, those times during the times of the war he had his shops bent down by the soldiers and uh, it really affected him mm. so his health deteriorated and he had young kids he had a young family mm. he had very, very young five young children who were coming after me so i felt let me not do medicine rather let me do something that is uh, in the medicine medical line but not going to take many years to, mm. to complete Mm. Mm. Wow! No, that that's very inspiring and 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 quite um, quite encouraging for us in our generation because people in our generation I, I wouldn't call us selfish, but I would kind of call us selfish. Where we we very rarely think about others beyond ourselves. When we make decisions, we make it based on I want to do this, so it doesn't matter about everyone else. So that. That's quite encouraging to say that you still pursued medicine, uh, but you just took a different route, which was a bit faster to get to, so that you could help those that that come after you. And and I guess that speaks to the whole purpose of this book, this 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 podcast that we're doing to say your stories help those that come after us to say, okay, I'm in a similar situation. My father is ill in health; he can't afford my school fees, and I can. See see that oh things and there's still some siblings behind me what sort of choices can i make to help those behind me so that that's very very encouraging mrs Dewey. so now fast tracking to university how was university for you oh university university oh i enjoyed it i mm-hmm. really enjoyed it mm. <laughs> because uh, i can't say that's where i met my husband Mm. But I'd, I'd met my husband uh, when I was in uh, upper six, I think. Okay. Yeah, upper six. We, we started dating when I was in upper six. Then we went to university, to university. At the same time, I had a really good time because I, 
had good friends. That's why I met some of my friends. And mm. also that's when I I, I, I I really grew strong in the Lord, in following mm. the Lord. Because I used to attend uh, Scripture Union. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed doing pharmacy. It was a very small class. And uh, we all we all knew each other. Mm. I mean, we're all close. I mean, we're all close. And it was a well-knit group. Mm. It was nice. Mm. Wow. That's amazing because I, 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 I currently lecture church university. And um, as you know, in this day and age, there are no smoke trials. We started a lecture of 800 students at one go. Um, but mission the need to have close-knit as a support system and this is something I always encourage my students to say although there are many of us here you can still find a close-knit of friends that can help you navigate your career here at the university so that just further testament to, to, to that you know you surround yourself with other ones that help you to propel to the future yes our class we, we were 23 students in our class wow so we were really close wow. and uh, it was during those days when uh, we, it was when it was during this uh, I call it Smith regime yeah. uh, uh, when it was Rhodesia there were about uh, five who were about uh, ten blacks in the class right. the rest were white and Indians but it was wow. good wow. at least uh, the, uh, it, it was good the invested life was good Wow, that's amazing. So now you've got your degree, you've finished your degree. Tell us about your first job. How was your first job? Uh, it was difficult for me to get employed because during mm-hmm. those days, but mm-hmm. a lot of the pharmacies were being run by white pharmacists who didn't want to employ black people. And even the hospitals, the government hospitals, were being run by the white pharmacists. And they didn't want white black people to work in there. They they were not openings really for black people. Wow. So, but fortunate, I was I was fortunate in that uh, uh, one of my my cousin used to run if was running a pharmacy downtown in Barare. Mm. I went to him and uh, I spoke to him. And I said, I can even work for free. I don't need to be paid. Wow. He took me on. Uh, but uh, uh, he felt it wasn't going to be fair for him not to pay me. Mm. So I was paid, but I was prepared to work for free. Because with pharmacy, after your degree, you have to do one year pre-registration. If you don't do, for you to be put on the register of pharmacists, you need mm. to work for at least for a year under someone who is senior to supervision. So, so I didn't want to lag behind. I wanted to be registered mm. within that year, after that one year. So I was prepared to work for free. Wow. But anyway, eventually he paid me. Wow. But that's just actually amazing because um, it touches a lot into a lot of us in our generation where we, we want money <laughs> we see this good life we we want it and, and not getting a job and it's something it's so encouraging to, to say that sometimes 
you just put yourself out there and say, you know what, listen, I've got the skills. I've got the ability. I will even do it for free. Um, because, and then when you do it, when people see that you are capable, then they'll be like, no, 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 no. I need to pay you. So that's, that's quite an amazing thing uh, 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 that you did. Um, to ensure that you did get your, your experience last year. So that's very I, inspiring. I, yeah. I, I worked very hard during that one year. Mm. That even before I had completed three, six months, he, I, he actually trusted me with the keys for the pharmacy. Wow. Because I was responsible. I worked hard. Mm. I just gave my all. Mm. And I was enjoying it. Enjoying serving customers. Enjoying listening to their stories. Mm. And enjoying to learn, to know what mm. goes on in, 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 in the pharmacy, in retail pharmacy. I really enjoyed it. Wow. And I just took charge. I just took charge of the pharmacy because of my background of working mm-hmm. in my dad's shops. Yeah. I didn't find it difficult to 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 so to 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 be in charge of the whole thing. And wow. some of the to be in charge of the pharmacy. Mm. I, I, I I didn't it was effortless. Wow. And one of the employees uh, said to me, uh, you want to to you are bossing us around the way you used to do you used to boss around your dad's <laughs> employees in the rural areas. <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't realized that that, was a, that is what I was doing. Because wow. if the shop was not clean, I would tell them to clean it again. Sure. If they did, did a good job, I would tell them that, you know, see, that your shop is not clean. Let's clean it. Sure. So one of them said, but you want to boss us around the way you used to boss around your, your dad's employees in the rural areas. And I said, oh, okay, this is where it comes from. Wow. But when you are doing it, you don't realize that you are bossing people around. Yeah. And, and, and but I I, it has yeah. been done. Hmm. But I wouldn't use the word bossy. Um, I would use the word directing because sometimes people actually also just need to be directed. You are being a leader. Um, the shop would have yes. been dirty. No one would have thought would, uh, we need to clean the shop. And being a leader, that's Sadly, you're not going to be everybody's friend. <laughs> it's something that I'm realizing late on in my life. Mm-hmm. That if you need something to be done, you're going to have to speak to the things that people don't actually want to do, but will help the business to grow. So that's amazing. So after this year, what then did you do the following year? Um, actually, before the year was out, an opportunity arose mm. when whites were leaving the country because okay. they had uh, Zimbabwe had become I mean Rhodesia had become independent mm. so there was this pharmacy which was on offer and uh, my boss my, my my cousin then what hello hello Hi there, we got cut off for a bit there. So we're just going to track back to what you were saying um, about after you finished that, what, during that year, that first year, you got an opportunity to, was it to purchase a pharmacy? I can't hear you. Hello? The opportunity was to run a pharmacy. Okay. 
had completed my first as an internship right. at uh, Probit Pharmacy. Okay. And an opportunity arose to, 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 to enter into partnership with my boss. Okay. And I was the one who was to manage, uh, to man, I was the one to manage the pharmacy. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you, so, so how was that? So you got this opportunity and now partnering to manage the pharmacy. For how long did you do that for? Uh, I did it for, okay, well, I, I, I had to borrow money from my brother and his mm-hmm. wife, but I didn't have any money. Right. Then he, at that time, I got married then, so we mm-hmm. borrowed money from my brother. They loaned us some money, it was quite a lot of money, $4,000 mm-hmm. in that, those days, mm-hmm. which, we paid, which we paid back over a period of time. Mm. Then uh, I, I, I worked very hard. The pharmacy did very well, extremely well. Mm. And I was, I was uh, getting a good salary. Mm. But the pharmacy was doing extremely well. But like in most partnerships, after mm. some years, I think about five years, um, we're having challenges right. uh, on how to run the pharmacy. Mm. You know, things that were classic, really. So in the end, they sold their, sh- their my, my former boss sold his share his shares to me and my husband. Okay, and that's how you then transitioned to being a full owner of a pharmacy. Yes. Wow. Wow. And then after that, what then happened? Did you just continue with this pharmacy? What did you? What then happened? We continued with the. I continued running that pharmacy. And okay. fortunately, unfortunately for me, I've never worked for another pharmacy. Wow. That's the pharmacy where I am now. And sure. um, it, it, uh, it performed very well. Because in those days, there were lots of uh, people, a lot of people were still in Zimbabwe mm. uh, with lots and lots of customers. Mm. Some white and uh, some black, some colored. Initially, the white community didn't like the idea of being saved by a black pharmacist. Wow. So they left to go to a pharmacist, a pharmacy which was uh, close by, which was still being run by a white pharmacist. Mm. But after some time, I think uh, they realized that I was just as competent as the white pharmacist. They kept me. And we continued with our relationship of customer uh, pharmacist relationship. Wow. Oh, wow. So that is just testament to the service that you, that you gave your customers. And the fact that people come back, people only go, come back to something that, that serves them well. So that, 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 that's brilliant. So how do you now... So I, I see here on your, on your profile that you also then opened a, a chain of so Talk to us more about that. A chain of... Pharmacies. Oh yes, when he, this pharmacy, this small pharmacy of ours was doing extremely well. Yes, extremely, extremely well. Yes. So we thought of expanding. We opened a chain of pharmacies. Yeah. Uh, two in town, and uh, one in Barre, and another one in uh, at Beni. So wow. we had five pharmacies. Yes. But then things started going down in Zimbabwe, mm. and the pharmacists were the pharmacists 
who were running those pharmacies started leaving the country, mm. going to the UK. And the very few pharmacists, we, pharmacists whom we could employ, why could employ to run the pharmacies? So in the end, we either sold or just closed them down. Wow. I'd like to talk about that. That it was almost like it happened overnight, what happened in Zoom. And and I just want to talk about more about that. What made you not also go overseas? If everybody, there was a time where there was a herd of people who just decided Zim is going down, we are going, and there were openings for people with your qualifications. What made you mm-hmm. stay in Zim? What what made you stay in Zim? In fact, the 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 pharmaceutical society in the UK, they mm. wrote letters personal letters to all the pharmacists who were registered in Zimbabwe, inviting them to come to the UK. Uh, they were offering a job, uh, mm. accommodation, um, airfares for you and your family, and um, uh, accommodation paid for one month, everything. Because that's mm-hmm. like, like getting a, um, gold on a silver platter. I can imagine. Yeah, and so a lot of people went. It was a very good opportunity. Mm. But for me, unfortunately, for most most people, uh, for most ladies, lady pharmacists, mm. female pharmacists, if I may say, mm. you, you couldn't go because one, mm. no husband would want to follow and just go to be a <laughs> stay at home husband yeah. because the job was for the pharmacist but not for the spouse although they provide a ticket for the spouse mm. and the children but then there was no guarantee that your spouse was going to get a job once you get there mm. and also somehow I wasn't really interested mm. 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 there was a time when we discussed it with my husband and I but we failed, we came to the conclusion that ah, no, it mm. wasn't for us. Mm. So as a result, in Zimbabwe, there are very few pharmacists wow. of our age. Mm. Sure. So a lot of them. Oh, you've, you've touched on a very, very important uh, uh, phase in Zim, a phase that we're, we're still going through. Um, but tell me how, how did that affect everything you mentioned you had to close the chain of stores that you that you opened how did that feel? how did you manage your dream falling to pieces if you can say that to say everything that you've worked so hard for coming to note in a matter of a split how did you keep yourself going unfortunately um, the pharmacy that I started off with Brayside Pharmacy was still mm. doing the other pharmacies. They mm. were, I was actually paying the pharmacies, running those pharmacies from Brayside Pharmacy. Sure. It wasn't an easy decision to, to, to sell or to close, but the tendency is that people, when you are closing your business, you can say, actually, uh, you can, sometimes you think, what will people say? Mm. But, uh, it was so stressful that I really didn't care what people thought. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because uh, they were their lives ahead of my life. It was getting 
to a point where it was giving me a lot of headaches mm. running those pharmacies and paying huge salaries to pharmacies mm. who were not giving their best. Mm. And business was slow. A lot of white people were leaving the country who were the, our big customers. A lot of black people were leaving the country. Companies were closing down. Mm. So that means the customer base had dwindled. Such a very important point, and and I think I believe people in, in my generation, and even probably in in every generation, struggle with that. Uh, those four, what will people think? And it's it's so amazing how you tell that story to say, you know what? I, at that point, I didn't care because I'm living. It's not that you don't care of the opinion. You don't. You're not observing the opinion of others. But you have to be so in tune with yourself and your situation to say, you know what? I know people are going to think A, B, C, and D of me and probably think I'm a failure. But to me, that is not even top of my priority. Right now, top of my priority is saving this, the, the pharmacy that I began with, Brayside Pharmacy. And that's amazing. It's a, mm-hmm. It shows strength in character. Because a lot of people struggle with that. You see a lot of people making decisions based on what will people think of me. So, so that's, that's amazing. So now you mentioned earlier that you've got a husband. Um, you, so means you're, you're a wife. Uh, uh, you're an employer. You're an entrepreneur. You are a sister. You, you are part of a, a, you're a mother. How, what to ask more about your motherhood journey? How has it been? How was it? How is it? How do you hope for it to be um, as, as you watched your kids grow and you see them now and you hope for them? How have you balanced all those different hats that you've had to juggle? It was only by the grace of God. Mm. But somehow, you know, I think God has just given us the ability to, mm. to, 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 to be able to do all those things without breaking mm. down. Sure. I think we've got the ability within us. Mm. It was a. Uh, it's 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 also. It's it can only be God and His grace. Mm. But uh, there's also a lot of family support. Yes. Mm. Siblings coming in to help when the children were growing. I had my sisters who were staying with me, wow. helping with uh, looking after the children and also. Um, my parents and my husband's parents, they used to come and visit and just encourage. Mm. Because they looked after bigger families. Mm. I had for three children. Right. So we just say, uh, I also used to read a lot of books wow. on child, on, on, on bringing up, on how to bring up children. Mm. I read a lot of books. Wow. Uh, prayer mm. Mm. and going to church, making yeah. sure that you go to church with the children, yeah. sending, taking them to Sunday school, reading Bible Bible stories to them at bed at bedtime, yeah. just encouraging them in whatever they are doing to do wow. things the right way. Mm-hmm. Sure. So what would you say um, to a young mother listening to this right now who who is studying with, I want to pursue my career, 
I also want to be a mom. I also want to be why I want to be a good mom I want to be I want to excel in my career I, I believe I am passionate about it but I'm struggling like you mentioned um breaking like how do, what would you say to somebody right now who is listening and really struggling with juggling everything mm, I think as a woman you need to get your priorities right mm. like uh, uh, during those days when my children were growing, I would knock off early, like uh, 5.30, mm. uh, 5 o'clock actually. Mm. And also I had to, I had one off day midweek, Wednesdays. Mm. Wednesday afternoons, uh, it was my off day. So that it was time, uh, so that I could spend time with my children. It's very difficult as a woman to yeah. be chasing after, excelling in your career. Mm. And also bringing up children who are balanced. Yeah. Because the problem, career, excelling in your career, you can always do it later. Yes. Whereas once the children are grown and they've missed out on you bringing them up as a mother, you cannot, something which you cannot delegate, motherhood, you cannot delegate to someone. You can't. You have to do it yourself. Wow. So once that phase is passed, it's, it's gone, it's gone. Wow. So it's better to 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 concentrate. I mean, concentrate on bringing up the children well, the mm. way you want to bring them up. Mm. You can always excel in your career, mm. but it's only a few years that you have with your children, and then you've got your whole life in front of you, which you can uh, where you can excel in whatever areas you want to excel. Wow. Because you don't want your children to 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 to, to say you in an, an absent mother. You want to be there for your children as much as you can. Mm. As much as you can. Oh, I I areas. we spend a lot of time with our parents. Those mm. will be together in the fields after school. We'll be together wherever, fetching water. So your yeah, time, the time for us and we could learn from them mm. but if you sort of uh, you you need to know about you, you need to balance yeah. you really need a balance mm. yeah absolutely I, I see it with my own children where i look at them and i think my goodness just yesterday you were born and now you're a seven-year-old who who is and and, and the time goes so quickly and it's it, it's just amazing like 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 how you say that um it's it, in choosing your family first and i think this is what people in our generation it's not saying that you're putting yourself last um and and, and i think there's, there's this there's this thing they think if i put my family first i'm putting myself last but those two things can happen uh, simultaneously i can put my family first and myself first at the same time um and that's that, that yes, that's so yeah. amazing sure and that's so amazing so now, Mrs. Dewey, now that all your kids are out of the house, now that you don't really need to, you still need, I don't think motherhood ever changes. I, I, ever, you, you never stop being a mother, no matter how old your kids are. No, but you never now, Yeah, so what, what are your hopes for the future? What areas, what, what do you do now to fill the space that was left by the departure of your children from the house? Oh, um, 
Now, as I, as I told you before, we used to close the fathers early so that they could get home early to be with the kids before they went to bed mm. and they assist them with homework. Now we close a bit late, mm. seven. So, and also I, I'm, I'm really involved in church work and wow. I've got more time to read my Bible, more time to, to, to attend um, Bible sessions, wow. Bible study sessions, more time to pray. There's so much that we can do. There's so much that time just flies. Mm. Wow. But I have no intention of going back to 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 to, to reading books like uh, doing masters or things. I'm, I'm happy the way things are, the way I am. Yes. <laughs> I'm happy. That's a place of contentment. And a lot of people um uh, and that's that's amazing because it's 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 when you're at peace with where you are at and at peace with what others are doing and okay that okay you're going and doing your masters you're doing your PhD but I'm okay I'm at content with where I am um, and that and that is powerful in itself because a lot of us tend to feel the pressure when we see others doing all those things like you said now they're doing their masters they're doing their phd now they're doing this course and doing that course and you're just like that's okay in a space where i'm just living and i'm happy and and that's amazing finally i'll just touch on how is it now mother being a mother to adult kids how is that experience been for you Sometimes you say, did I give my best? Mm. When you look at your children, could I have done better? Mm. What, uh, what now that I'm, I've got more time to read, mm. uh, read books, and uh, just watch or listen to other people talk, mm. especially when you go to, 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 um, to kitchen parties, brighter showers, and things like that. Mm. You question yourself, you wonder, maybe I didn't do enough. Mm. Maybe I didn't give them the best that I was supposed to. But anyway, they're out there. <laughs> they're leading their lives. They've mm. got... Uh, <laughs> I always thank God that my children got their own homes. Yeah. And uh, you can't stop praying for your children. Yeah. I just pray that God direct them. Just God, where, I, where, where there are gaps in the upbringing, God can fill those gaps yeah. with the Father to us all. Yeah. He's the Father who is always present. He's the one who, who knows each and every one of us. And yeah. I thank Him for the way my children have turned out to be. I thank Him for the grandchildren uh, which He has given us. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. it's, it's quite, it's quite uh, satisfying to see your children mm. running their own yeah. bringing up their own children so you you just watch you don't want to interfere yeah. you, it's, their, it's, it's them it's their children they mold them the way they want to mold if there's an area I see oh and I think this area they could they can do this way and that way I just tell God it's yeah. up to him really to yeah. guide I won't say anything but God will show my children the best way to run their homes, the best way to live in their families. Oh. And it's amazing you say that because I think it's something that all mothers struggle with. 
um, the question of have I done enough? Am I doing enough? And I, I believe for me as a mother to, to young kids under the age of seven, I've, I've just, like you said, I, I'm, I'm also a believer, I'm a Christian, and, and, and I've realized there's some, there's some things that are out of my control, and I, I surrendered them to God and give it to God, and also just realized that these children are, are passing through my hands. <laughs> They're not mine. They are passing through my hands, and I do the best that I can with whatever knowledge I have at that particular point. Yes, I will yes. learn a few other things further down the line. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, this is what I could have done um, raising a daughter. I've never raised a daughter before. I've never raised a son. I've never raised sons before. And it's the first time. And we, we continuously reflect, but we, we, we surrender, like you said, the gaps that we, we, we see and don't see to a higher power, to God and say, you know what, fill in the gaps where I didn't fill in. Uh, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Due, it has been such a pleasure talking to you and hearing your story. Um, and, and I believe your story is to, and is touching a lot of lives um, as people listen to your story. Thank you so very much for your time and your vulnerability and, and just talking really honestly with us about your journey uh, to who you are today. Thank you, Wazanae, for this interview. It has been a pleasure talking to you. And I hope to help someone else in their journey of life. Absolutely. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our second episode of I Have a Story to Tell. Ladies and gentlemen, we all have a story to tell. May you know your story, may you own your story, and may you learn from your story, and may you tell your story to others. Because your story may be the next step that others need to navigate this thing that we call life. Thank you once again, Mrs. Dube, for joining us. Thank you, Wazanai, for inviting me to this call talk. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.